This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Wednesday night edition of the show. Glad you could join us. We've got a lot of stuff to cover in the three hours. So, you know what Gordon and I love to say. Let's go to work. Love to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter. At Gordon Damer, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Harvey and Joe. They're back together like Gordon and I on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry Hardesty, what's going on on this fine evening? The sun came out, Gordon. The sun. Yeah, it was a little weird for a change, right? It was. I didn't recognize it. I forgot what it looked like. It would almost be like a day going on without jet news. Yeah. Well, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. At least we no, have the sun, though. The yeah, sun will come out sun. tomorrow, maybe not for the Jets, but for us, it did come out. It did come out, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, there's always Jet News, Gordon Damon. It's like if there was a tree <laughs> that gave you fruit every single day. You'd love it. And you went out there and you picked the fruit off. It, it shouldn't, the tree is, you have taken all the fruit off the tree. And yet the next day with the Jets, the Jet tree, it has more fruit. More fruit, You could baby. chop down the tree. And yeah. the next day there would be a tree next to it, and, and you, would have, you, would have, uh, you would have fresh fruit. That's right. It's amazing. You sure Every would? Day. I got my it's PhD okay. in fruit. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I love vegetables. I like fruit as well. Oh, well, then you are very happy. Well, you're not. You're, you're a Giant fan, Dave. But if you were, if you were a Jet fan, you'd have, you would be fruited out. <laughs> Because every day there is something else. Every single day, there's something else to talk about. And what we have to talk about today, Gordon, it, it might surprise some people. Mm. It just might. Ritzamini will join us at the bottom of the hour, as he will on every Wednesday during the season. So, Gordon, let's chat about some of the things we'll be talking about tonight on ESPN New York Tonight. Well, hey, Nick fans, remember that fantasy you had of seeing Giannis in orange and blue in the next couple of years? Wake up! Forget about it. It's not going to happen. Portland Trailblazers have traded guard Damian Lillard to play alongside Giannis with the Milwaukee Bucks, part of a three-team deal that also includes the Phoenix Suns. Portland will receive Drew Holiday, who they are actively shipping. And, Gordon, of course, you know, I've heard some rumors. He was the best line. You know, Drew Holiday is a player that you know Tom Thibodeau would love to have because of his defensive abilities. I heard that that was like a a match made in heaven, those two. Exactly. Exactly. So Portland will receive Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, and Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected unprotected first-round pick, which should not be very good, uh, and protected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030. Well, also reporting Suns will receive Yersef Nura, Grayson Allen, Nasser Lillard, and Keon Johnson. So uh, it looks like Damian Lillard is on the move. Not to South Beach, but uh, a little a little, uh, a little, little chillier. chillier. A little yeah, chillier. A little, significantly chillier. In Beertown, USA. I love this. A, I love, I love trades that come together and they just, boom, it happened. Yes. Right? Like yep. you don't have to hear about it for weeks. It's just out of the blue, boom. You get the Woj bomb, bang, there it is. Yep. And secondly, as a Knicks fan, it doesn't really impact you that directly, but the fact that the Heat were... Didn't get him. Oh, they thought they were going to get him. There's nowhere else. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. He don't, you have to deal with us. We're just going to get him. You can make the deal now or you can make the deal later, but he, you're going to have to trade him to us because that's the only... Well, 
Apparently not. Apparently not. Excellent. Now, Gordon, I don't know if you saw this article, but there was one in the Times a couple days ago, uh, actually late last week, uh, from the Knicks owner, Mr. Dolan, mm-hmm. who indicated that he doesn't really, he's not really happy owning teams. Did you see that? Like he's not I did really see happy that. owning the Knicks and the Rangers. You know, it's, it's okay, but he, he's not really happy about doing that. I think that he's just a businessman. He likes exactly. making money. He likes big projects. He likes making the sphere and doing the – I mean, I think that that's what his passion is. I don't know necessarily that sports are his passion. It's probably, considering all the other things that he has going on, it's probably a pain in the neck. It is. Because he gets criticized when things don't go right and this mm-hmm. and that. So, um, But I, I can understand that. Yeah, he and plus he wants to do a little rock. But he and also roll made it clear that he has he has like no interest to sell the team right, or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. Well, just in case he changes his mind, there's a person who said they would like to buy the Knicks. Magic Johnson. Mm. His love for the Lakers has kept him from considering ownership of any NBA team, but the Knicks would be one franchise that could make him have second thoughts. He said, the only team I would actually probably think about is the Knicks. He said this today. He was in the Big Apple for a speaking engagement at, uh, at a YMCA from Washington where he was a member of the Commander's New Ownership Group and then watched uh, the Bills beat his team on Sunday. Yeah, they got hammered in that game too. Um I feel like there was some talk a few years back of Magic having a role with the Knicks. Am I, yeah, there was. Am I imagining that? I don't remember. No, there was. There was it some was like that time where the Knicks were just rolling through people. Yeah. Um, that his name kind of got floated. Well, look, yeah. Magic's been very successful. He's got uh, he's got everything that he could possibly want if he wants an NBA team. I don't know that the Knicks are going to be coming up for sale anytime soon, but who knows? If we're if we're looking for if we're looking for a buyer, Magic, we'll let you know. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. Gordon, at one Jets drive, as the Jets turn. When we last left the New York Jets, yes. Uh, would you hit the Robert Saller sounder, gentlemen, please? The soliloquies with Saller. Soliloquies with Sala. Today, Gordon, he had a slightly different take on his young starting quarterback. He was a little critical, saying he knows Zach can be better. You know, with regard to Woodsy, we all acknowledge he has to play better. We, we all acknowledge that. He acknowledges that. Teammates acknowledge it. He acknowledges it himself. The key is to have confidence in yourself. You have to. you got to keep continu- continually stack good days. You know, you go out and you, you own your moments. You go out to practice. You dominate practice. And you just try to, you got to find a way to, to gain the momentum of practice and uh, turn it into a, transfer that momentum into the game. For him, definitely needs to get better. But at the same time, you've got to maintain your belief in yourself and, and your team. And, and play within yourself and not try to press and make things happen. Just play within the structure of the offense, get the ball to your playmakers, and let your playmakers go to work. And uh, as soon as, as that starts happening and the ball gets rolling in that regard, that's when the confidence will start to stack. There. Is that when it'll happen? Interesting. Yeah. All right. That's when it'll happen. Well, at least at least he wasn't, you know, unabashedly in love with the way he's been playing. I, to me, I didn't really take it as him backtracking. I, I think he's just trying to – well, look, I think he's trying to hold the team together. I he think that, that things, as we mentioned last night, is almost like a volcano getting ready to blow. So he probably feels like he has to appease certain members of the organization, uh, certain members of the team to make it seem like he's not uh, just blaming them. 
Mm-hmm. He's in an impossible spot. He is. Really He's is. playing with a quarterback he doesn't believe in. No one believes in. A quarterback that's not very good. Nope. And it's 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 spiraling out of control, as we all kind of knew it would as soon as, as uh, Aaron Rodgers went down. Yeah. It's been and as bad as it seemed at that moment, it's been worse. Yeah, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Trevor Simeon will be inactive this week against Kansas City. Look, baseball news Gordon Damer, Bob Clappers believes there'll be massive changes for the Yankees. Now I heard I heard uh, Michael Kay earlier today, and I'm gonna paraphrase him because I, I joined him late. He was already into the conversation. But I think I heard him say that the consultants from what I think it was reading from an article, mm-hmm. the consultants who are coming in are not coming in for personnel changes. They're more coming in for procedural changes, to paraphrase what I heard from Michael. So I guess if they were talking about, okay, here's what you're doing. with This is what it looks like you've done to sit down to figure out how you're doing trades. This is not working. You need to try this. Uh, you're reading your numbers this way. This is not working. You need to try this. Now, I know it's not mess, it's not personnel suggestions, but I would think, Gordon, that if what they're saying that it's not working, whatever they're talking about, be it, you know, numbers, be it health, there's going to be changes. Those people are not going to come back. Yeah. Uh, the idea of massive changes, it's kind of impossible for the Yankees to have massive changes if there's no change to the role of Brian Cashman. He's the yeah. guy running the entire organization. So I don't see how you can have massive changes if you bring back the GM and you bring back the manager. Mm-hmm. You are correct. So we'll keep an eye out on that. The end of the season cannot come fast enough so that we can get some of these questions answered. But I will say this, Gordon Damer, tonight, Gary Cole in his final start of the year trying to make a lasting impression for his first Cy Young Award. Coming into tonight, <laughs> Gordon, get these numbers. In his last six starts, Cole 4-0 and with a 1.59 ERA. He has walked during that time, right, five of 149 batters. He's been, he's been the Cy Young Award winner to me in the AL. Yeah, and he is the overwhelming favorite. We were talking about Otani is the uh, he's really the overwhelming favorite for the for the MVP. Uh, Cole, depending on the book that you're looking at, somewhere around minus two thousand. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's a, a pretty much a, a lock to finally. And he came close before. Probably should have won one that year. He came in second to Verlander, but it, it seems pretty clear he's going to win one this year. Yep. By you the think way, of Gordon, him. Do yeah. you think he's on a Hall of Fame track? When you see Garrett Cole, do you think that he will wind up a Hall of Famer? Yeah, because durability, I think, is is, is going to help him success. I think he overcame all that stuff with the, you know, with, with the with, how gripping the baseball stuff. and right. yeah, all that stuff. So I, I think if he continues, I think he is on the Hall of Fame track. I do. Okay. I really do. I think he is. I think that that's uh, – tell you, another guy who might be on the Hall of Fame track. A pair of home runs, a pair of two-run homers tonight. That's Aaron Judge, 36 and 37th, and the 37th just went over my house about five minutes ago. <laughs> Very impressive. Very it's impressive. It's incredible what he's done in, in a shortened season. Uh, and when he came back, he struggled a bit and thinking, well, maybe we should just shut him down, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. make that toe worse, just get him to surgery. Yeah, exactly. But he's been great. He's been sensational. And, and, I mean, has at least an outside shot to still hit 40 home runs. That's right. In a year where he plays basically 100 games. It's amazing. No question. Meanwhile, at City Field, doubleheader action, Gordon. That's where Miami started today. A half game behind the Cubs for the final wild card spot in the National League. Lost the first game 11-2. 
Pete Alonso, four for four, including speaking of home runs, his 46th of the season. In the nightcap, and, and I'm torn because I was talking to the guys about this. I mean, it is a great accomplishment. That is uh, Francisco Lindor homer to join David Wright and Daryl Strawberry, the only Met players to have 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases in the single season. It's a great accomplishment, but to me, it's an individual accomplishment that means nothing if your team is, what, 105 games under 500? <laughs> yeah, it does take a little bit of it the It takes a little thing it. away from But, you know, look, he had a very tough uh, first year here. Some question, is he worth the money? Is he not the worth the money? So it's better that you see the numbers. Even if it is coming meaningless times, he's still going to have to prove himself down the stretches of seasons where the Mets are uh, closer to contention. But you'd rather have it than for him to just mail it in. So I guess that's a positive. Okay. I'll play along. Um, no, it, you're right. You're right. It is. It is. Because he could have just given – he could have made Tommy Pham be true. Mm-hmm. What he was saying about the way, and th- as one of the leaders, you can't go out like that. No. Uh, the positives, the other positives from this day, which have been very few for Met fans, uh, Joey Lucchese in the opener, Gordon 4-0, he's making the bid for one of these starting spots next season for the team. I'd probably make a back-end starter, maybe number five, but he's making a bid, and Kodai Senga, 200 Ks this season in the nightcap. I mean, he he's, he's the ace of the staff next season. No question. And there were some questions about him coming over from Japan, needing an extra day of starting. It's had some, some sketchy injury history. There's been a lot of disappointments with players that the Mets have acquired here coming into this season. Kode Senga was one of the one of the bright spots. No question about it. And those are, like I said, a busy night. Those are the stories we'll be talking about inside this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We'll come back. We'll take as many calls as we can before Ritzamini joins us at the bottom of the hour. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. When you look on tape, what are you seeing from Zach Wilson in their offense? Damn. That was a hard question, I can't lie. The team that want to run the ball, you know, uh, of course, man, you know, not, not, that wasn't, you know, to be funny or anything, right. but A-Rod got hurt and they turned into a team where, like, in panic mode almost. That's what I see, at least, and, um, they got great running backs, so now they're just trying to pound it, pound and ground, um, like they did. Uh, what, what what game was that? Who did they just? I don't know if they won or not, but uh, I feel like the running backs been rolling. So, uh, like I say, three great ones. So, that's, I feel like that's their game plan. Willie Gay from Kansas City. I don't know what game he saw three running backs rolling. It wasn't the last game, I can tell you that. <laughs> and it wasn't Dallas. It was probably the Buffalo game. Hard to see you, Damer, on ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. We got Samini in a couple of minutes, so Gordon, let's run to the phones. Get let's some do calls it. in real quick. Uh, Lonnie's in Long Island. Lonnie, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, how you doing, Larry and Jenna? How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Lonnie. What's going on, man? Well, um, first thing I want to get the Yankees, you know, they're done. So they've been done. Anyway, the Jets. Everyone, the Jets. The Jets. The problem with the Jets, why would we – I'm just so – aggravated why we brought this offensive coordinator from Denver. I know we brought him for the great Rodgers. I know that. But Rodgers is hurt now. This kid, he don't have a clue what's going on. It's not, the offensive line is yet, yeah, it's not that good, but it, I'm telling you, I've seen spots where he just stood there tapping the ball, looking around, and the pressure came. No one touched him, and he just went down on his own. I mean, a quarterback don't do that if he have ability. I, the Jets need to—they need to get a quarterback. 
We need to get a quarterback and shore up that offensive line and, and get rid of this offensive coordinator and get a coordinator that knows what he's doing. Hate to tell you, Lonnie, my friend, thanks for the phone call. You're not getting rid of this offensive coordinator. He is part of a Aaron Rodgers package. And All the Rogers things that Houston just said the, the Jets have to do, they're not going to do any of them anytime soon. They're not getting a quarterback. They're not getting a new offensive lineman, and they're not getting a new offensive coordinator. But nope. other than that, that's the they deal. Can't do, they can't do something. with. They'll, they'll try to do something with the offensive line. Well, they, they can will try. try. Right. Yeah, they will I mean, try. Maybe they that can they can a, do. I mean, if you're looking for major changes in the middle of the season, though. No. They, they probably will make changes to the offensive line because before too long, somebody else will get hurt. You're right. They're going to have to make a change. They really will. Uh, Goldie's in Jersey. What's up, Goldie? What's up, guys? I, I think I may have the solution. I, I, Matt Ryan, I mean, I, just stick with me for this. He, he, he had the worst loss in Super Bowl history. He can avenge his entire legacy. I think this might be the answer as desperate Goldie, as the Jets are. He already right said now. no. Goldie, he already said no. <laughs> they specifically asked him. He said no. He said he's not interested. He's not interested. Thanks for the phone call. Right. Good try, though. All Bobby's right. in Belmore. What's up, Bobby? Not off to the strongest of starts here. Yeah, hi, guys. Before, before I get to the Jets, uh, you know, Judge mentioned it. He wants to be involved in the decision-making. You guys just talked about the different changes in the procedures. It's very simple. Why do all these Yankee minor leagues come up here and hit like crap, hitting 200? Even Volpe, second in the league in on-base percentage, worse, I should say, worse, and third in hitting, he'll be fourth if Stan was uh, eligible. Because they're teaching him, like the S. Prospect said, they're teaching him to hit the home run in the minor leagues. Even Volpe, I'd, I'd rather have 10 home runs instead of 20 from Volpe and hitting 260 instead of hitting 200. So that, that's the thing, that, that's the real major thing. And lifetime general manager is responsible for this. Okay, so let me get to the Jets. Um. Okay, this this solid guy sounds more like Aaron, speaking of the Yankees, sounds more like Aaron Boo every day. I mean, you know, he's talking about Wilson progressing. I know, yeah, I mean, he's last in the league in pressure throws, last in the league in non-pressure throws, which about covers everything, last in the league in completion percentage. I mean, you know, I don't understand. It's to me about practice that they did not get a veteran quarterback knowing this guy sucked last year, and Rodgers is almost 40 years old. They bring back Rodgers, or I should say Coach Rodgers slash Kevin Durant. They bring back this guy quarterback Boyle, his backup, along with all these other Packers, Packers who haven't won a, a thing in two years, haven't won even a playoff game because he runs the show. But they don't bring in a veteran quarterback. I don't understand what Joe Douglas was thinking. I, mean, I know Rodgers is like Kevin Durant of, of the Nets. But, I mean, you know, that, that should be malpractice. I mean, knowing that your quarterback has been the worst quarterback since he's been in the league in pressure throws. In the last three years, Bobby, you're it's not no wrong. Thanks for the phone call. You're not wrong, and and we we've, we've talked about it over and over and over, and we will continue to talk about it. And the only person who can answer that question is Joe Douglas when the media sits down and chats with him during the bye week. Until then, that's that's the decision they made, and they're paying for it. And they they're probably assumed it. we got Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't really matter because we're going to ride Aaron Rodgers. But you're right. It was. It was a completely uh, uh, blown, blown decision. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Like when yeah. we knew that Zach Wilson, I mean, when we got to the end of last year, we thought that Zach Wilson hit the road was done for him here, Larry. Yes. And then it seemed like, oh, they're going to hold on to him because he's still not making any money. Okay, fine. He'll be like a project third quarterback who won't see the field. Yep. 
But I don't know if it was if it was Joe Douglas. I don't know if it was ownership. I don't know if it was Aaron Rodgers. Maybe a combination of all three. But yeah, it was. I tell you who it wasn't. It wasn't Robert Sala. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. right. And it's funny because he's the one that's getting hammered for it, Larry. He's, he's the one who's hammered. getting hammered. He is. And you know, like the caller said, the first caller, just like Aaron Boone, getting hammered. For what, for what, uh, you know, for, for what yep, Cashman absolutely. didn't do. Yep. Just like and, Aaron and, Boone. And, he, and listening to him answer questions, he sounds like Aaron Boone. I said he that does. the other night. He, say, he sounds like somebody who is answering for the actions of others, and he has to make it out like it's his decision. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you hear him now? He wants to say, come on, guys, don't you know? <laughs> I don't want this guy. <laughs> could you could you imagine, like, he shows up late to a meet? Oh, what, what did I miss? Oh, we're keeping Zach. He's going to be the back. Wait, wait, what? What? Yeah, we went around the room. Aaron says he likes it. Uh, Joe likes it. Uh, the ownership likes it. No, no, no. I don't like it. Can we go back? No. Can we circle back to that one? You can circle back, but you're outvoted. Oh, my God. The top three said yes. So, you know. Make it work. <laughs> Gordon, make it work. But you can't. You can't make it work. Now, I, again, I don't want to put it all on Zach because I do think like the coaching has been really bad. Like, there's no creativity whatsoever. None. None. It's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing how bad it's been. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. And, Gordon, because of the stress level of covering the Jets over the past couple of weeks. Couple of well, weeks. A little, well, just, yeah, it's, it's been more stressful. Specifically the last couple of weeks. Specifically, yeah. Yeah, I want to have a little mellow music for Ritz Samini when he comes. It's, it's a lot of stress covering this team. A lot of stress. Even more than more than usual. So every Wednesday, Ritz Samini joins us at this time. And uh, hi, Ritz. How are you? Uh, hey, Larry. How you guys doing? It's uh, Yeah, it's been stressful, but. I'm used to it. I've been covering the Jets for a long time, so you get used to it. Yeah, but even this is this is, might be a little bit. <laughs> this might be a little bit above and beyond the Call of Duty, my friend. Well, I've never covered a Jets team that lost their quarterback on the fourth play of the season, a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. Although they did come close in '99 with Testaverde, but uh, yeah, this has been an extraordinary turn of events. Um, just you know, the injury. Well, first of all, the buildup, the hype then the injury, and now we're dealing with the fallout. And, um, you know, they, they managed to win that Buffalo game, which was extraordinary. And then uh, I think reality set in the last two weeks has been kind of rough. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, Rich, uh, give me your thought process now. What was the – give me the overall tone from the locker room first day that the reporters had the chance to get, uh, you know, a player's response to what Joe Namath had to say. I'm sure there was some responses to your report uh, from the flight deck that you had that you can hear on the ESPN New York, uh, on the ESPN New York app uh, about, you know, some fracturing in the locker room with, with, the, with the defense. So give me your thoughts on what was, uh, what was going on there today. Yeah, I mean, they were uh, in a uh, pretty upbeat mood today, I, I thought, just the players that I was dealing with. Of course, we had Trevor Simeon in there today, too, as well, a new quarterback uh, in, the, in their midst, you know, another storyline, but uh, which kind of got overshadowed by the other stuff. But, you know, Robert Sala was asked about Joe Namath. I, I thought he handled it well. Um, he said, of course, we respect Joe. He's an icon. He's a Hall of Famer. He goes, I just happened to – we'll have to agree to disagree on this. You know, he didn't agree with those scathing remarks that Namath had about Zach Wilson. 
Now, we'll talk to Zach Wilson tomorrow. We, we don't get him on Wednesdays. But I, I asked a couple of players about it. They, you know, they said everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and they didn't really have too much to say about the name of stuff. But as for the defense, uh, I did ask a couple of players about it, and they kind of shrugged it off. Um, pretty much sticking to the company line. Uh, I had said on the podcast that uh, based on some reporting that there was some tension in the locker room, mainly on the defense, just because of the way uh, Zach Wilson was playing, you know, getting no production out of the quarterback position, which has really been the story of this team for the last year and a half. And so I, I definitely some tension on defense, but today they said all the right things. And I asked DJ Reed about it and he goes, you know, Sure, we'd like to be more playing more complimentary football, which is another way of saying we want more offense. But he says it's a waste of time, a waste of energy to think about what the other side of the ball is doing. We're just going to concentrate on what we're doing on defense. So pretty much what you would expect them to say publicly, um, just trying to keep things together and, and not fall apart. Rich, uh, it seems like everybody's had their reaction to what Joe Namath said. You've known Joe for a while now. Um, what was your reaction to what he said and the tone in which he said it? Uh, stunned, Gordon. I mean, it was like, now look, if you go back like 10 or 15 years when Joe did a, the weekly spot with Michael, uh, you know, in those days he was critical of the team. Um, you know, and some of the front office people for the way they pick players. This is going back like I think 10, 15 years ago. And, but since then, he's been pretty positive about the team. But what happened on Monday, uh, I, I never heard him criticize a player like that. You know, maybe a team, maybe a unit, maybe a coach, but never a player. And that stunned me, to be quite honest. Uh, Joe, being a former player, I, I, you know, I, I was just taken aback by just the level of criticism uh, but I think he was probably speaking for most Jet fans I think a lot of Jet fans feel that way about Zach Wilson and maybe Joe was just articulating it in his own way and uh, but yeah I've known Joe for a long time but never heard criticism to that extent Rich it was almost like he was insulted that Zach Wilson plays the same position he played <laughs> that's the way it sounded yeah <laughs> yeah that's actually a good way of putting it Larry uh, he did sound that way uh especially the first sack of the game. I think we all saw that. It was kind of a weird-looking sack. He was trying to spin out, spin around in the pocket, and he ended up spinning like a top and just falling down without anyone touching him, and that really set Joe off. I mean, he, he really – I mean, he called it disgusting, you know, like a guy not trying to make a play there. I'm sure he was trying to make a play, but he did go down – uh, without being touched. And so uh, I'm curious to see what Zach Wilson's going to say tomorrow about this. Like, look, Joe's got, Joe's an icon. You know, he is still, after all these years, you know, the biggest name in, in Jets history. And he might be the biggest name for a long, long time into the future. And uh, so that's why it became such a big story. But I'm curious. To, and uh, apparently he's never met Zach Wilson, which I find interesting. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to talk to uh, Zach about it tomorrow. Rich, you, you report about the, 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 there's tension building within the team based on where they find themselves. Is it just the situation where it feels like it's just a continuation of last year? Or is it specifically the way that and the, and the wording that Robert Sala has used when describing Zach's play? I think it's mostly the situation they're in. Um, just, you know, it was the story last year. You know, defense plays great, team loses, you know, 
17 to 10, you know, those kind of games. And it seems like it's going to be another season like that. So I think that frustration is, is a big part of it. Uh, I think uh, the other thing is the team has been through a lot. You know, when you think about what happened, uh, what was it, 15, 16 days ago, um, just the, the stunning, the trauma of losing their quarterback on the fourth play. I mean, what, I think that's unprecedented in NFL history. I don't know if that's ever happened before that early in the first game. And I think, I think the last two weeks have been like a, a sagging reality for them. Just, and so I think that has, has also played with their minds a little bit too. And, and then maybe just the, the public, you know, gushing, I don't want to say gushing, but Sala for the first couple of days, first couple of weeks with Wilson was very, very complimentary, too, too complimentary publicly. I think it was just to build up the kid's confidence. Today I thought Sala had a much more even approach um, acknowledging a couple of times in his press conference. And I'm sure this was, you know, on his agenda, he said, you know, we acknowledge that Zach has to play better. He acknowledges that he has to play better. His teammates acknowledge it. So it was like he said, he was like changing his tune a little bit, which I thought was interesting. I also thought it was the right approach for him to do uh, because the, the, the overselling of Wilson the last week or so was just, was just hard to wrap your brain around. You know, Rich, and we're chatting with Rich Samini in his weekly spot here on ESPN New York tonight, Hardesty and Damer until midnight. You know, Rich, we've had a lot of phone callers, and, and it's really interesting. And you know that clearly the Jets needed to have an upgraded quarterback. And obviously you're looking to what's around at this point, and Trevor Simeon is who they thought would be their best, um, their best choice here. But it just seems like to the Jet fan, Rich, this is another person that really is not going to take the job from him. Like what? No matter what he does, unless there's an injury, that you know Zach Wilson is going to continue to pilot this ship uh, for the rest of the season. So was this? Yeah. Uh, give me your thoughts. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, clearly, I mean, Simeon will be inactive this week. He's not even going to play, and it just depends on how quickly he could get comfortable with the playbook before he's active. But he will be active as the number two, possibly next week in Denver or the week after. Um, but I don't think this is uh, a full scholarship for Zach Wilson. I don't. I don't think he's guaranteed to start the rest of the year by any stretch. I mean, if his play doesn't improve over the next week or two. I could see them making a change to Trevor Simeon. You know, I mean, is that the answer? Is it going to save the season? You know, no, probably not. I mean, he's, he does have starting experience though. He's been in the league. He actually played pretty well a couple of years ago uh, with uh, New Orleans and Sean Payton there. And then last year was just the one really outing against the jets, which did not go well when he was with the bears, but um, it's, I look, the Jets at this point, there's not a lot out there. I mean, so they went out and got a guy who at least is in football shape. He played in the preseason with Cincinnati. In fact, I think he threw 65 passes. So he got a lot of work in the preseason. He's, he's familiar with this offense. He's a good guy. I remember, you know, when he was with the Jets a few years ago, we were kind of joking about that today afterwards. Uh, a very brief time with the Jets. He was knocked out in his second quarter of his first start. So, uh, yeah, Jet quarterbacks not having a lot of luck in their uh, in their debuts in recent years, but uh, so it's it's the best they could have done under very uh, dire circumstances. 
Rich, do you think that this is the move, uh, barring injury, or do you think that the, the, the Simeon move is just to, to have someone a healthy body because they're not going to go to Tim Boyle, and do you think that they're just kind of buying themselves some time? They got, what, a little bit more than a month before the trade deadline. Do you, could you foresee there being another move, or do you think this is probably it? If I had to bet right now, I think it's probably it because uh, you know they got another four weeks. So where are they going to be in four weeks? If you know if they uh, if they're still in it, if they're still in contention, it means that either Wilson or Simeon or both have been playing well enough for them to win a couple of games to keep them in it. And so, and then you then you're talking about draft compensation to go out and make a trade. And right now, the Jets their draft picks are kind of tied up because of the condition in, in the Rogers trade with, um, with green Bay. So that second and that first are kind of tied up right now. And I don't think, you know, there's the issue of the cap room as well. And so I wouldn't rule it out like going out and getting a quarterback. I mean, I know a lot of focus on, on uh, Kirk cousins. I think the guy who might make more sense is Ryan Tannehill because Tannehill is playing for a GM who obviously wants to go with a young guy there. They have Will Levis waiting in the wings. They have Malik Willis. If the Titans fall out of it and they could look to just, you know, this is Tannehill's last year of his contract. You know, maybe they just want to cut the cord and start over and play some of these younger guys. I think that would be more of a likely scenario than cousins. And of course, Tannehill knows uh, Todd Downing, the Jets passing game coordinator who was in Tennessee the last few years. So they have a relationship there. So I kind of think they're going to ride with what they have, but if they do go for a trade, I think Tannehill might make more sense than uh, Kirk Cousins. It's hmm, interesting. Uh, Rich, what <laughs> I know that I saw that you guys asked about Nicole Hardman. Do we think he might get a chance to play uh, this week? Or, and I know you'll talk to the AC, the, the OC tomorrow, but I'm just kind of curious to get your thoughts from your reporting on, you know, what we, what we might be able to expect of them doing something more creative besides, besides just handing the ball off on a run game and with nine, 10 in the box. Yeah, I mean, this McCall Hartman thing, I think he played one or two snaps last week. Um, they tried to get him involved early. He got in for a snap in the first half. Uh, weird situation. I mean, they paid the guy $4 million, um, comes over from the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs thought he was good enough during their Super Bowl season. I think he caught 40-something passes or whatever. So he has been a productive receiver in the league. I don't see why they don't use him more. With that kind of speed, if they could get the ball to him in space on some sort of screen or a jet sweep, I think he'd be able to do something, maybe loosen up those, those uh, eight-man boxes they've been seeing. But um, I, for some reason, they're not playing him. I mean, Hackett only likes to play three receivers. I mean, I think we've pretty much figured out his M.O. He just goes with the main three guys, and Hardman and Xavier Gibson, who's another guy I'd like to see get the ball. Mm. That guy's electric when he gets the ball in his hands. And he's not in as well. I, I, I guess he doesn't believe in four- and five-man rotations. Um, I suspect, suspect maybe that Hardman's route running isn't precise enough for Hackett's taste in this West Coast offense. It's a highly – it's a precision-based offense. I mean, it, you have to be down to the step uh, when you're running your pass routes. There's really not a lot of room for error. So maybe he's still trying to get accustomed to that. But uh, I'm with you guys. I, I think he's a player who you could find things for him to do. 
Rich, final one for me, uh, and really, this I think we kind of buried the lead. Are you excited for the Taylor Swift appearance at MetLife Stadium on Sunday night? Yeah, I saw that before. <laughs> I guess, uh, man, that's going to going to help NBC's ratings. I yeah, think sure. they might need <laughs> it, right? Yeah. What's what's the over under on how many uh, times they sh- uh, they pan to the uh, booth? You know, the luxury box that she's right. In, it might be know, a few. During, during, yeah, especially if the game gets out of hand, they're going to have to, you know, keep the Swifties uh, happy and flash over there every once in a while. But it's going to create a, a different atmosphere uh, at the stadium. Oh, she was just there, right, a few months ago. So mm-hmm. uh, she'll be back in MetLife, and uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, it's going to be a tough one for the Jets. The Chiefs have a really good defense, not to mention that quarterback there is pretty good, too. Patrick <laughs> he's not bad. Not too so, yeah, he's not bad, but they're actually a better defensive team that they, than they have been, and so that's the thing that jumps out, and it's going, to be a, it's going to be a tough one for the Jets. Last one for me, Rich. What was your reaction during the conference call when Patrick Mahomes said that we might have to play conservative this week? I wasn't aware of that. Did he say that? I saw what the uh, linebacker said today when he was asked about yeah. Zach Wilson. And he, kind of, he kind of laughed. It was, it was Gay who said he didn't laugh. And he said, well, they, they seem like they're in panic mode after A-Rod got hurt. And they, <laughs> uh, they've become a running team. Uh, but, yeah, I saw that. I retweeted that uh, video there. I thought that was interesting. But I wasn't aware of uh, Mahomes saying that they're going to be conservative. I don't know. I mean, knowing Andy Reid, that I, doesn't I sound like they're – yeah, it doesn't sound like their M.O., but the Jets do have a good defense, especially a secondary. So uh, the, pr- the problem is Kelsey is a uh, is just an amazing tight end. I was talking to D.J. Reed about that today. He said he's never seen chemistry between a quarterback and a receiver like he's seen with Mahomes and Kelsey. And, uh, you know, Kelsey be playing for his gal up there in the luxury box. So, mm. I mean, maybe extra motivation for him. The Jets are going to have a hard time with Kelsey. I tell you what, Rich, just for you, because you've been so good to us, we're going to play that for you when we come back from break. So you, you can add that to, um, to, to your storyline for the flight deck as you update it for, on the ESPN New York app. All right. Well, I'll, I'll listen for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Thanks, Sounds guys. good. All right, Thank thanks, you, Rich. Rich. All right. Take, All right, take, take care. care. Rich Samini. All right. What would you think about what he had to say? 1-800-919-3776. And I will grill Gordon Damer on Ryan Tannehill, who was uh, a very successful quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. We'll do that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. They're really good. They're deep in the D-line, but they're deep everywhere, really. They have DBs. They have linebackers. Um, We have a lot of respect for them, and we know that I'm about to try to prevent myself from negative plays. Just take those easy, positive plays, and if you get the opportunity to take a shot, take it. But if it's not there, you got to continue to just drive and grind out points in this game, and uh, that's, that's a really good defense. It'll be a great challenge for us. Patrick Mahomes. Ready to answer the challenge of that Jet defense, saying Gordon, he's just going to, you know, if he has to dink and dunk, he will. And to be honest, that's been, you know what, that's been kind of the, a little bit of the Achilles with this Jet defense is Mm -hmm. the fact that they can't get off the field on third down. And the reason why they can't get off the field on third down, and I'm sure Samini has all the numbers and he'll put them out as you get closer to to, to the game on Sunday, is because of what they give up on first and second down. It seems like every third down for them is either it's third and manageable. It's third and four. It's third and three. It's third, maybe five. So everything is, okay, you're not really sure what the offense is going to do. 
It's not like what the Jet offense faces. It's third and 18. Oh, they're throwing. <laughs> or if they're not throwing, they're going to run to 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 not give up the ball, depending on where where the the line of scrimmage is. Yeah, Rich had some stat like since 2010, there's been like 80 quarterbacks in the NFL that have thrown 700 passes, and out of those 80, Zach Wilson is 79th yeah. out of all those guys. Looking at 80. Yeah, Blaine <laughs> Gabbard, I think, was the only guy that was behind him. Yeah, so looking at um, 80. It's it's a, I, I just don't know how you fix like I, I don't understand what the defense wants Robert Sala to do or mm-hmm. what they want him to say. It's a situation not of his making. Yeah. And it's pretty clear. I would think I don't know Robert Sala at all. And I can tell he doesn't want Zach Wilson. There. <laughs> <laughs> so I would think the defense who plays for him that struck up somewhat of a relationship. They would know even more of, of, of what he's thinking. I think it's emotional. I think it's an emotional thing of, man, we're out there. We're, you know, we're busting our butt. And the first thing we hear in the post game is, well, the defense can't give up this and the defense can't give up that. Well, what about what, about what the offense is not doing? So I think it's an emotional thing, Gordon. It's, it's what they hear or what perhaps somebody told them that the coach said uh, after a game. And, you know, listen, when you've been out there, 75 snaps, 80 snaps, 85 yeah. snaps, time of possession, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. You know, you, 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 your jaw's a little tight when you come off that field. And it just feels like the Jets, they're always a dollar short, right? They're always, mm-hmm. they're always, it's always, they're always doing stuff after it's like, they'll wait until things do blow up, which they mm-hmm. have. I, I, I mean, it's, it's just an inevitability at this point, unless the quarterback plays significantly better and they score some points and take some pressure off the defense, and then they'll make the move to Trevor Simeon, or then they'll make the trade to bring mm-hmm. somebody better in here. And it just seems like they're always very reactive instead of proactive. Instead of proactive. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Uh, Danny's in Long Island. What's up, Danny? Man, that Taylor Swift news really is it really a game changer for Sunday at 730. i got to be honest with you. And I, I, you think as we speak right now, Channel 4 – is negotiating with her that she could sing the the Sunday night football song. Imagine, I mean, they, they, this is the greatest news since this is this is almost like a must see. This is a Super Bowl type event now because between Taylor Swift being standing with all the Swifties watching, and what could possibly go on in that stadium on Sunday night, I'm imagining something like the Hindenburg, like a flaming ball of fire, that this team is going to be down 35 to nothing at halftime. And teeth will not be the only thing flying in the scene. It is going to be a night where you're getting texts from your friends saying, are you watching this? Like, you, you wake up. You, you don't want to miss this. Because I, I think this is going to be the worst day in the history of New York Jets football. couple oh of things. This is the last thing. You know? Danny, that is, that, oh, my God. There's a, there's a lot uh, of things that we be, have to... This could be – that covers a lot of butt fumbles and stuff. But, I mean, oh. on national television, on Sunday Night Football – with Taylor Swift giggling her little butt off, laughing with her Kelly, and they're down 35 nothing. But listen, let's talk about Mr. Rogers, the neighborhood here. You know, we cut respectable wide receivers and let people go. How much were we willing to bend over and kiss his butt? Randall Cobb had 35 catches last year. He's about 100 years old. And the Jets paid him a million dollars more than he made the year before to come here to be the fourth receiver that's scaring nobody at his advanced age. His best year 
was nine years ago. And then Alan Lazard, he's a one-trick pony. He catches deep passes. He's not an all-around uh, guy. I, I mean, we brought the offensive coordinator. Did we bring any ball, ball boys over or anybody else? Because now that Allen is gone, do we got to bring Cobb back again? Do we got to bring – I mean, because, like, what else do – I heard a story where, you know, Don, was, Don McGregor was uh, pontificating that he felt that the only reason that, that – that this guy's on the team, the backup quarterback, because Aaron wanted him to be his reclamation project so he could win a Super Bowl with the Jets and then say, I also cured this guy's ills and I'm handing it over. But I, I, I think there's a chance that they don't have a good backup quarterback because they're paying their backup quarterback right now first quarterback money. So there's only so much money you can allot to positions. Yeah. So. You can't pay him what he's being paid to be the third-string quarterback and then bring in a real backup quarterback for five, $6 million, whatever the going rate is, when so now you have – look how much money you have tied up in quarterbacks. And next year, if I'm not mistaken, Aaron deferred all his income almost. So next year, they won't be able to have 35 – I think he's getting paid $30 million next year. Are they going to extend him again? Next, it, you know, it is, this is just a, a script that if you sent it to Spielberg, he wouldn't believe it. Stephen King, the the author, would have, you know, he would say no. This is this is too horrific. Nobody would believe what. I hear what you're saying, Danny. You got to run up against the clock. But I'll say this: blame the GM. Absolutely, <laughs> blame the GM. Yeah. If he had, if he had picked a better quarterback, you wouldn't have had to go get Aaron Rodgers, and hold you hostage for what he had to get. I get him. He wanted to have people who he's comfortable with. Listen. I the Jets were it. over a barrel, man. They need they needed to get Aaron Rodgers. That's right. They had no other choice.